0: As a spiritual business owner, what's the one balance you need to have if you're to find a deep level of success online and also a deep level of fulfillment within yourself? Well, this is the difference between mastering the masculine, more planning structure, action items, all these things that for a divine masculine and also a divine feminine with remaining presence, with having flow, with having creativity and intuition So have you found yourself in the past being overdeveloped in one of these areas? Have you found yourself with an overdeveloped masculine? Maybe you're doing this hard work hustle, you're planning everything and you're doing it from a place of control where you can't allow things to also flow. Or maybe you're just always acting from flow or intuition or just going going about by the seat of your pants building a business and you don't actually have the structure and planning that your business needs for its growth. This is why I invited Chris McCann because he has not only a lot of expertise in business when it comes to sales for tech companies, but also he has a very spiritual perspective on life. His tech company uh, that he is the number two at is just this close to becoming unicorn status. And so he's in charge of a team, but he also has a very unique Spiritual lens, which with business comes, business flows through. And he also helps leaders really develop their heart and soul and spirit uh, when it comes to business. So, mastering this masculine, feminine, or this planning and presence is what we're talking about here. So, what you can learn here is one, what is that main factor? What's the key factor for you in understanding how to have this balance? Two, what are a series of questions that you can ask yourself every single day to know that you're progressing and growing and expanding at a level you know you want. And three, what to do when you catch yourself over serving or attached to outcomes? What do you do there? So I'll put all the links to connect with Chris below, add him to your network, your business or thank you for it. And of course it's here and in the serving circle on Facebook, where you heighten the consciousness of the planet through the success of your spiritual business. So if you are a spiritual entrepreneur, be sure to subscribe, support the content, and of course, I'll see you in the Serving Circle on Facebook, where you can start collaborating with your soul tribe. Let's dive in.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Awaken Your Business podcast. My name's Tyson Sharp, and if it's also your mission to heighten consciousness, yes, you are a light worker, And it's in this podcast where you execute that heart's mission by integrating your spiritual and business growth. This is what I call stepping into the role of the heart-centered CEO. This is the version of you who knows the numbers, you know how to grow an audience, you know how to create more impact and more income, but every business strategy is done through the filter of love, compassion, consciousness, and contribution. So when you're ready, take a deep breath, and I'll see you on the inside.
0: Welcome back one and all to the Awaken Your Business podcast. Chris McCain here. I think this uh, this topic's gonna help anyone who's a spiritual entrepreneur, who has top of mind that they know they need a plan, they know they need a direction, they know ne- they need a mission. However, they need to also stay present. And many, many calls have gone on with me and my clients are saying, well, how do I plan? How do I set goals? How do I go after a purpose-led business while harmonizing the masculine, strategies go after it plan it make sure it's executed while also staying present being intuitive loving the uh loving the life you have not being too attached to the outcomes in terms of your self-worth and levels of internal safety so this is why chris mccain's here he's is the absolute expert when it comes to conscious leadership and and doing something that is your soul's purpose but chris first of all welcome how you doing Nice and i well, thanks for making time this morning to connect, I appreciate it. My pleasure, my pleasure. Well, it's morning here, definitely not morning there, <laughs> uh, but we'd love to hear about your story. I mean, I've I've read up about you, everything you've been doing, it's super impressive and it's kind of the life that people know they need to live and the lessons they know they need to learn, but going, mm-hmm. you know, guns blazing, learning about the the work ethic, learning about how to go about, you know, setting goals, making it happen, but then also referring back to, uh, more of a spiritual path and more of your heart, where you're being led, where you're being guided for the purpose of this planet. So give us an understanding on your story of how you went from there to where you are now.
2: As you're describing all of that. And I feel like I'm really just an idiot in recovery. Nice. Um, (laughs) I'll take it. (laughs) And, um, you know, I was, my wife and I were catching up this afternoon and we were sitting out in the front um, eating salads and watching the world go by and our, our dog was laying at our feet and someone came to mind um, that used to watch our 14-year-old and um, this person was a yoga instructor. Um, I actually ran into her, you know, a few times, maybe four or five years ago. Um, just in the the spirituality circuit here in Santa Monica. And she was at a transcendental meditation training that I had gone to. And her headline on her Instagram profile had changed. And it said, I know the way, (laughs) which instantly made me recoil. And a lovely person, but it's like if anyone tells you that they know the way, run in the opposite direction. And I'm sure there's a, a Buddha reference there as well. Um, I've, today, my responsibilities are running sales for a content management platform that's based out of Austin, Texas. And so I have the opportunity to lead um, a team of sales folks, and I have cross-departmental responsibilities as well. We are this close to unicorn status if we stack another good quarter in there and you know it's not lost on me how privileged i am to be able to lead and to experiment and to play as i learn more about myself you know even at the ripe young age of 49 now i realize i don't know much of anything there are some things that i i know and we can talk about those you know on the podcast but prior to this, you know, and I work it backwards, my, my new boss, um, he's been with us for six months. And he's like, Chris, you know, I get a sense that you've reinvented yourself multiple times over the last 20 years. You know, so today, you know, I lead sales teams and cover the Americas. But yesterday I was a bartender, you know, so to speak. And, you know, it's I've had this really unique a really unique set of opportunities to step into something by declaring it to be true and then figuring it out in the back end. And that's not entirely different from where I am today. So having worked my way up from a, you know, a, a single parent when I was 22 and I had two boys at that age and was just trying to figure out how to put diapers on kids, uh, nappies, or how to buy, you know, food and pay for gas, et cetera. To now, where you know we, we are able to live a certain way, it's not lost on me how lucky I've been to have mentors, coaches, teachers, masters, and have learned things by getting kicked in the face and also learned things because people would stop and saw something in myself that perhaps I didn't recognize at the time. And so with this new boss that I have, um, who's five years my senior, but has led... Revenue for multiple startups and has led them to successful exits. I really quickly ascertained that there's a lot between what he knows and what I don't. And I never went to college. You know, anything that I've picked up has been self taught or self learned by reading or by accumulating a series of experiences my company, when I had reached out, I was like, I need a mentor. I can't burden Todd, who's busy, you know, creating this juggernaut. And I can't burden him with trying to fill this gap between what I know today, and what the organization needs, and then being the best number two that he's ever had. That's my goal. So I, I reached out to our head of HR and was like, I need some help which me asking for help doesn't always come naturally because the typical um, American style is to figure it out on your own, you know, cowboy up or you put the spurs in the ground. And so they had reached out to a few people in their network and introduced me to this woman who actually lives here in Los Angeles, who was a former CIO for a technology firm. And what she's been able to help me do just in two phone calls because yes, I, I do, I don't want coaching is maybe not the right word, but I love to have conversations with people and help them remember or discover their true nature and to just live slightly better than they had before. And now I have this individual that my company is sponsoring, who is allowing for me to perceive things as a CXO would do in an organization. So a lot of this growth or this opportunity they have in front of me from a professional perspective is because I finally raised my hand at 49 years old and said, I need help. I don't know what I don't know, but I know that there's something there that I don't know. And I need someone with a fresh set of eyes to come in and help me identify how I can be a more effective leader, how I can manage managers, um, how I can plan you know, effectively. And as you know, Tyson, we've had conversations before this. You know, we, as as people who have awakened to a a different sense of what reality is, and a lot of that is being attuned to uh, being present in a very certain way, I'm very well compensated because of my ability to look back because of my ability to look forward, which has nothing to do, at least, you know, from at the surface level, of actually being tuned in and being present and going from breath to breath. That's not necessarily the most effective way to scale a sales team globally. And so that's a lot of what, you know, Kim is helping me with um, from a coaching perspective as a former CIO is... Chris, where does the self-doubt come from? Where, why is it that you always doubt, you know, your abilities to lead when look, you have a certain station in life. And so self-doubt has been an interesting exploration for me as well. Not just in the last couple of weeks, but over time, because this constant, okay, I, I have a huge nut I've got to hit in terms of income, being able to put my kids through college, et cetera. How do I figure this out? that self-doubt, that that level of inspiration and motivation got me to a certain place in life. But I don't feel like that's going to serve me any longer. And it's having an understanding of what it is that makes us unique as spiritual divine beings, in addition to being professional and being able to have a foot in both worlds. So I know I covered a lot of ground there in a couple of minutes. That's (laughs) cool. Was there anything there that stood out that you want to dive deeper on?
0: Well I think I think one of the things that I'm curious about is as you evolved in becoming you know becoming an overachiever and starting to have a lot of things you know when you when you have that sort of go 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 mentality um what I'm curious about when you started studying more of the spiritual traditions and texts and having certain teachers in your life was there anything in particular that really hooked you to said, this is something I need to study more. There must be more to life that allows a deeper level of purpose, a deeper level of connectedness or flow of love, whatever it may be. Was there any particular spiritual text or teacher or mentor that, that hooked you with the, with the, you know, spiritual Mm -hmm. lens of life?
2: You know, what comes to mind is, and I'm going to go back in time, this is 49, probably 15 or 16 years ago. And I was with my son in a bookstore. We used to have bookstores back then. And so uh, I was looking to kill some time and I walked in and there's this huge display in front of me with Neil Donald Walsh's conversations with God and and you couldn't miss it. And I'm not sure how familiar you are with the book, but perhaps some of the folks in your audience are, I opened it up and I, couldn't put it down i sat there for three and a half hours and just devoured that book and of course i ended up purchasing it but his story and he you know had a few different kids a couple of different relationships found himself living in a tent which wasn't entirely dissimilar from my experience at that point and just you know couch surfing and trying to just figure out why things were broken and he had started you know, writing, why is my life not working? And then all of a sudden he's starting to get answers back. And I wanted that level of a relationship with God or source or a higher self or the creator or spirit, whatever it might be. And, you know, that book for me at least opened up the possibility that you can have a dialogue with a higher intelligence that will help you simplify and not overcomplicate or steampunk your own life. So that book for me was very transformational. Um, And there have been other readings and books, you know, my teacher and and mentor and friend, Dr. Carlos Warder is, he's a living master. He just turned 75 last weekend. We're down there with him. And I had probably like many folks in your audience had discovered that, I have these abilities or that we have these abilities to receive information or receive intelligence or to channel or to have some sort of psychic medium capabilities. And so I had oversubscribed to that maybe five years ago. And all I wanted to do was be this really powerful healer. I wanted to take these abilities to intuit and to receive information and share them. And... I was conflicted because I had very well paying job, you know, running sales teams for tech startup companies, but I really had no interest in doing that I just wanted to go do this, I just wanted to be able to grab my crystals put on some Palo Santo and be able to receive information. And for as much as I was able to see what that looks like, whether it's books or me being on stage, etc, I had created this linear understanding. Of what that road was going to look like, Tyson. And then, having this, had this conversation maybe two years ago with a friend of mine, <laughs> and he's like, What do you mean? He's like, You have this job, you have this ability to work with all of these people, these private equity firms, these VC firms, your investors, and you have cross departmental responsibility. He's like, That's your marketplace, it's where you are right now. And that gave me at least a sense of it being possible to where you can have a foot in both worlds without having to oversubscribe to one or the other. You can still be a, I don't want to use the term awakened, but you can still be someone and be a certain way that is present, aware, service-minded, and still able to operate in this corporate world. You know, there's a CEO for Mitsubishi at one point is also a, a Zen Buddhist monk. And so he would take off for, I think, two months out of the year to go train other monks. So me taking that pressure off of myself and having to be a certain way, and it's really easy to do here in Los Angeles, you know, is to dress a certain way, put on the robes, wear all white, throw some crystals around your neck and talk about the divine feminine and masculine all day long. It's like, no, that's not it. But I can help this organization and I can help other organizations stay aligned with a purpose or a mission and wanting to be something other than just a technology firm that has a successful exit. So those two instances are what stand out. First book being Neil Donald Walsh and his ability to have a conversation, whether it was imagination or you know receiving something from a higher power. And then having a friend just point out like, dude, you're already doing it. You're, you're in the marketplace and you have an opportunity to have a global reach just by operating the way that you do. And that took a lot of pressure off.
0: That's powerful. Yeah, it's so cool. It's so cool to have that flexibility of perception to say, hey, maybe I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. I don't need to <laughs> bold all my momentum down, but add in the flavor of what I'm learning now into the environment that I find myself in. Mm-hmm. I just think I just think it's so important well, like you said um with the masculine feminine energies we both know like everyone knows that both exist within us and it's finding it's finding the balance that serves us in a way where um that we feel co- the way we feel called to live and also the way that we feel called to serve like so it's about having a it's it's about mastering these internal energies to a point where we can live and express a you know an expansive life that where we contribute what we're here to contribute share deeper levels of love consistently grow and allow that allow that energy to expand so i would love your insights if you would if you were to mentor coach give some sort of advice to you know um to a solopreneur who is what they would call you know spiritually awakened and, and advancing in that area how is it that they mastered the skills of business and the skills of developing their spirituality with this planning while also being present? What are some, What's some tips or advice or guidance you have there if someone's find, trying, to, trying to master that area of their life? Values. Values,
2: um, not a conversation I would have been able to have 20 years ago there's when we're really clear on what our value or values are as a human being, everything else can fall in lockstep. What, give me an example. What, what, what is a value or a couple of values Tyson
0: that you have? That well, you the hold? things, the things that I love focusing towards, especially once I went through, you know, Tony Robbins training, going to all his in-person events, you know, five years ago um, understanding the six human needs and and what he teaches I started saying okay how do I design my life where I develop deeper levels of love deeper levels of growth and deeper levels of contribution and if I can start to value those deeper if I can start to value those at the forefront then I know I'll have the ability to push past any insecurities fears doubts judgments those sort of Mm -hmm. things so in my the forefront of my mind of values is is deeper levels of love, deep levels of growth, deeper levels of contribution. They sort of kind of more or less seem to be running my life at the moment. Excellent. And those can be the common
2: denominators when it comes to the more three-dimensional aspects of a career, a professional career, whether that's in a corporate world or if someone is stepping fully into spirituality and helping people find their own way. There's, I've been able to distill my values down to one, and that's life. Does that mean I'm pro-life in a political way? No, but life, that essence, the isness of what makes this experience so powerful is what drives my decision-making. And what drives how I operate. And there are moments and times where I get a little bit sidetracked on that. And as a, a man, it's not intuitive for me, or it hasn't been intuitive for me to be able to feel when I'm on purpose and when I'm aligned with my values. I had a psychotherapist when I first moved here. And I don't know if you're familiar with the show Billions, but on Billions, They had someone there that was coaching and it was coaching a bunch of traders, right? So if something went sideways, they'd go into Wendy's office, she would fix them up, put them back on the on the field or put them back on the court, and they'd be off making money. And I wanted someone like that in my life. I was dealing with a difficult work situation at the time. And she had asked me, God bless her, like, well, how do you feel? And I could not articulate feelings or are you sad? I'm like, uh, and I would just think it'd get like stage fright in front of this therapist that I was paying. And over time, I've been able to, you'd mentioned this instrument and, and I'm, I'm perhaps paraphrasing, but when we think of ourselves and understand ourselves as, you know, energetic beings, right? From a, a quantum physics perspective and but like David Bohm talks about, you know, the implicate order and the explicate order, that which is all possibilities and potentiality compared to the explicate, explicate, which is what's made material by observing. And then putting up our antenna and being able to discern like where in my body do I actually feel that particular value and what's important to me? and what I've been able to develop, and it's different for everyone. And like, where's your center? Where do you actually feel your, your center of power? And for me, it's in my root chakra. It's in my, it's down there, right, you know, in my, in my groin area. And so when I sit, or if because I have ADHD, it wasn't diagnosed, now it's diagnosed. And I always have this propensity to fill up quiet spaces with noise and to get my thoughts out. Well, I'll take a moment, and sometimes it feels like 20 minutes, and it's probably no more than two seconds, and just notice where in my body I'm feeling a certain situation, and then my response to it. And so my value then is life and being pro-life. And I can tune that into my balls. And then noticing where it is coming back to you know balancing the the masculine with the feminine, when I'm receiving, I get it on my right side. And so I'll feel oftentimes my right leg or certainly my hand um, is starts tingling. And then the giving aspect of it comes out of my left side. And this is something I'm able to notice as I've spent more and more, time with intention and noticing how and where things show up and how they feel. So if it shows up for me on the right side, and it's there on the left side. When we've gone to classic sales training, Tyson, or classic business training, it perhaps was a Dale Carnegie book, but it was very transactional and that if you help enough people get what they want, then you're going to get what you need. And to me, that feels if this, then that. What I've learned for myself is that the only way to be able to receive, it's like if I want more money or I want a better relationship, is just to give and to empty the tank. You can't take more in, in terms of material sense or an energetic sense, if you're actually not in concert and cooperation and communion with that giving and receiving, the feminine and the masculine, or the masculine and the feminine. and Like that, you know, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole here, but it's like, if that is always there and always happening, and what has been missing then has been attention or intention. And I drop the linearity of if this, then that, and then things constantly surprise me. I had, so it's it's been my value is life. And I have a tendency to be this like hermetic monk where I just like a hole up here in my office and not necessarily engage with the world. Yet when I go outside or I go to a dinner party and I'm around people and I'm showing up and we're looking like I make it a point to look left eye to left eye and ask them how they are and give people space if they so choose to be seen, if they choose to be heard, if they want to share like that energizes me and I can bring that home. And then I know that if I'm creating that space for them to be seen and be heard, I'm also doing the same for myself and connecting people or connecting with people in a real authentic and true way. And so if something happens from a business perspective where one of my team members is dealing with something and they're like, Chris, I need you to help me put out this fire the natural instinct for Chris is to go into reactive mode. What's a learned behavior now is just take a step back, make sure that I'm really clear on my value. We're pro-life, we're pro-experience, and we're pro-evolution and growing and expansion. And then understanding how things kind of fit in and not overcomplicating it. Long answer to a short question.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Does any of that resonate? No, it definitely does. So... I mean, when someone's when someone's finding this blend, when someone's finding this perfect harmony with planning versus present, Mm -hmm. and how to how to you know find both use both of those in a way that is harmonizes their life. What you're saying is always be aware of your core value, and if you if you understand what value or values you live by and that matter most to you, you can get very, very present with recognizing where it resides in your body, where that, where that value resides in your body and connect with that before you start making decisions. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yes, well said, um, nice and succinct. It requires a level of honesty and vulnerability with yourself. There's a question that we can ask and the only way to really answer this in a way that's going to be helpful to us as individuals and to the people that we're around is to be really clear on who we are mm. and the question and meredith and i do this just about every night is where did you betray yourself today 80 percent of the time there was a moment in that day where we betrayed our core value or a knowing, right? And we can have really human reactions to you know human experiences. But in incorporating this into my daily practice and Meredith incorporating this into her daily practice, it's facilitated this level of dialogue, not just with each other and holding each other accountable, right, to, you know, what is my what are my values? What is important to me? How do I want to operate in this world? And it forces a level of introspection, even on an hourly basis, or a minute by minute basis, where it's like, oh, there goes Chris being Chris, again, I can course correct. And it's not an exercise I could have done 15 or 20 years ago. But today, you know, because I, I want to operate with as much honesty and integrity with myself and with the people that I'm connected with, that that also encourages a level of humility. And humility is really knowing one's place in front of something bigger than yourself. And so as I'm describing this to you, it's like, okay, maybe I am an effective leader because of this radical self-inquiry and accountability and responsibility today that I didn't operate with before. And, And that's what I like to help people with. To me, this idea of work-life balance is a facade. And if it ever existed, it sure as hell doesn't exist anymore after the pandemic. Yeah. It's all one and the same if you so choose it to be. And you can take any job, any mundane job and find a sense of purpose and meaning in there. And that comes down to your values and the things that we inherently do well on an individual level.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. And it, it there's some subtle reminders in there You know that we're always we're always being led. We're always having this level of, you know, intuition, and we can use that no matter what we're doing, no matter how we're doing it. Um, If it is a mundane job, if it is something that you you know you, you recognize right now, hey, I'm being called to something else. Like you can still, you can still in that moment be present to your value and give, like, live to your value in that way, where all of a sudden you start finding this, the, the, the harmony, the harmony between life, uh, between, between your life, between your work and, and having that balance. And I, you know, seeing it more as an integration rather than two things that are separate, where you're just trying to find a, a balance. I also don't believe necessarily in that, in that work life balance. Cause if they, they, they all thrive on each other, if you can, yes. if you can harmonize it in a way. So what, what advice would you give to someone who is, has the active goal, let's say that they value, deeply value their own level of spiritual connection to, to themselves and to life. However, they're looking to build a business, whether they are a, a healer, a coach, a mentor, a spiritual practitioner of some kind and health practitioner. practitioner. Um, if they are looking to build a business online, they're a solopreneur and they're like okay i value the spiritual aspect of my life but yes i do need to set some business goals Mm -hmm. execute some things with my divine masculine while still using the 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 you know true gifts of my divine feminine um once they know their value once they know that they can tap into their you know what what they value most within their life um how does that, what does the execution look? Is there certain ways in which you, you harmonize the planning versus staying present? What What does that look like in terms of the execution?
2: On a daily basis or rather a nightly basis, this is a practice that I had learned. What am I? 49, 30, probably 25 years ago. And I worked <laughs> for um, someone who was a, a Polish immigrant and I, I had a hard time understanding the value of this. And I worked for this, uh, with this company for 10 years as a technology recruiter. And the forced behavior was an hour before the day ends to start planning. And it's like, what are the three things I did well today? What are the three things that I didn't do well today? What do I need to get done tomorrow? and don't pick any more than five things and begin to push them off into the important and urgent bucket or where it's not important or not urgent and it doesn't need to be done. It doesn't have to be complicated, but just having, I carve out 45 minutes every afternoon to plan out my next day. And that requires a level of honesty and integrity. I'm not just filling this worksheet out because someone has asked me to work it out. I fill it out because it helps me stay dialed in to what needs to happen tomorrow and to not overcomplicate it. So of course I feel better with a checklist, but it's if I was going to connect with three people tomorrow, who is it going to be and why? And just serving my ass off, right? The, The one thing that I want to do is make sure that I empty the tank so that I'm able to receive and carve out that space. I don't want it to sound like a platitude or to sound trite, but if all you do is list out the 10 phone calls that you're going to make tomorrow, and I find it better for me to be able to write than to do this in a digital fashion, and that I'm operating and I'm keeping track on a weekly basis, if I said I was going to make 10 phone calls, whether through LinkedIn or people I used to work with before, how many did I make? How many did I not make? And of the ones that I didn't make, why? And it gives me an understanding of, well, maybe I got distracted or you know something happened with a dog and I took the dog for two walks, or I thought it was more productive for me to clean my kitchen counter. Picking three things that you want to get done that next day and then reflecting on the three things that you had actually wanted to get done that day and figure out where you are tracking versus what um, what the desired state was. That's all you have to do. Now, if I'm growing a business and I've been um, working on this book for some time and this, I feel like it really is applicable across roles, responsibilities, solopreneurs is to write the book that you wanted to read. And in doing that, you know, I'm then not striving for something which is almost untenable because I perhaps can't picture it or imagine it, but I picked an age, like this is the book that I wanted to read when I was 13. And that's the book that I'm writing. And that has taken a lot of pressure off. And it's also given me a clarity on um, what that goal is. And it makes it much easier for me to produce in that way. And the same is true for my day job. Right. And it's like, okay, I'm going to connect with three three people tomorrow because I feel like I can add value to what they're experiencing and make those calls. And because sales is really a contact sport, you know, I'm always surprised, like, wow, that phone call went well. I really wish that I had done this more often. And just appreciating, you know, any sort of momentum that we are able to create and generate on our own and to feel good about it. And don't beat yourself up if you don't hit, you know, one or two or three of these goals. What's important is to understand why. Is there a pattern that I've seen over the course of a week in keeping this particular work journal where I'm allowing myself to get distracted from the work at hand? And that's where I feel like it doesn't have to be overly engineered or overly wrought where we're setting these impossible goals. It's just picking three things is like the magic number, three things to reflect on.
0: That's beautiful because it's kind of this it it's it's sort of like planning in a present way it's sort of saying okay how can we how can we plan by reviewing the day taking the lessons and moving it forward into the next day so that you can consistently progressing doing it with radical self-honesty mm-hmm. radical self-inquiry of saying okay not only am i going to focus on what went well and, and what i did what didn't go what didn't go well or what didn't i do and why is that so that you can sort of allow that knowledge to flow through to mm-hmm. tomorrow and say well given all this what am i going to do tomorrow let's prioritize those things so mm-hmm. that when we have those priorities we can sort of say okay this is my main focus given the lessons that i learned this is what i'm going to do different and then that radical self-honesty of why can help highlight some of those deep lessons that probably you're trying to avoid. You know, if, if, if the radical self-honesty is, Hey, you know, I didn't listen to my values or I didn't um, I didn't recognize the importance of this thing or, Hey, I didn't have, I didn't have the courage to move forward with this conversation or whatever it is, then jotting that down and having that top of mind for when you execute the action items the next day, no doubt, it's a. It's like this. It's it's almost like a an exaggerated um, way to evolve and consistently expand because you're asking yourself these questions time and time and time again.
2: Yeah, and yeah. It, yes, hopefully we're able in going through this process to see through the facade of pretense. The the crumbling away of what's not true of untruth has really helped me to understand, get a better understanding of who I am, how I operate, the things that get me excited, Mm -hmm. and the things I frankly just don't like doing. It doesn't necessarily have anything to do with becoming better or being happier or even making more money. I just want to know what's true and what's true about me. And people seem to find that to be helpful and the people that I work with and the people that work for me Uh, the people that I work for, the people that I connect with. And if that's all I end up doing on the way to transitioning out this mortal coil,
0: I'm okay with that. It's it's a life well lived. Awesome. That's a good way to look at it. Cause if you have, um, like, I always love thinking at the end of your life, what are you going to be most proud of looking back? And if you can live to your values and connect with people in that way, and just do the doing the best you can with um, providing more love for life, or you know, like you say, being being very pro life and making your decisions and actions best from that as as possible, then you know you you have the courage to go past the safety of the mind or you know, insecurities and, 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 and fears and all those things that can kind of keep you in this little comfort, comfort box. Mm-hmm. But if you look back on that and say, Hey, these are all the mistakes I made and I'm proud I made them. And, and the <laughs> leaps are the late, the leaps that I took that made me, um, made me learn here or evolve or get this win that I had no clue I was meant to receive. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, you can look back on your, you can look back on your life with a, with a level of, um, with a level of, with an energy, like that's how I was meant to live, right? That's how yes. I live.
2: Yeah, and just being amused, um, you know, amused at how it all just happens. And, and I, just because today it's 70 degrees Fahrenheit, there's not a cloud in the sky, the ocean's four blocks away, my son's out playing with a bunch of friends and my wife and I are going to have dinner with some other friends. It doesn't mean it's gonna be like this forever. And I've had moments where it hasn't always been sunny in 72. And my belief is that, because I'm really clear now on who I am, that no matter what the external experience is, it's all designed to teach. And it's something that I chose coming into this incarnation um, to continue to evolve and expand. and. You know, enlightenment is a destructive process. And I'm okay with that. Like, I want to know the truth and just serve my ass off as long as I'm here.
0: Mm. Awesome. So what would that look like if someone's building their business? Um, Because we all know people can catch themselves in certain patterns of one, over-serving or two, Mm -hmm. setting business goals and, and having their worthiness be attached to those things. So any of those patterns that have you recognised in your life, or those that you help and mentor, and what advice would you give to what advice would you give to someone who recognises those those patterns of attachment, for one, and um, let's just start there with someone who's attached to certain outcomes, whether it's their own inherent worthiness or safety, and they find that into the you know attached to a particular outcome. What's some advice you would give there? Not everyone deserves
2: to be served by you. Hmm. Really important lesson for me to learn and wanting to help and help and help, and then assume that it's transactional and I'm going to get a return on that in the form that I had assigned to it. Whether it was $400 for an hour's worth of work or a backyard filled with people that, you know, want to experience like you know chris mccann is the psychic medium letting go of that and knowing that everyone has their own journey and being able to picture if i live in my own universe up here then so do you and so do you and so do you and we all have our own bubble of self-importance if you will self-reference in that way and just that level of awareness and humility in the grand scheme of things had removed any sort of attachment that I had had. Uh, and if I do this, then I get a certain result. But discernment, not but, and discernment has been paramount. There's uh, an example of this is that I had received a phone call and I was traveling for work from this woman who lives here in Los Angeles. She's the heiress to a multimedia, like a a global multimedia company uh, here in LA. And her voicemail to me was 15 minutes long. I'd never met her. She was referred to me by a friend. And all I kept thinking about Tyson was like, wow, like this could turn into a $25,000 coaching fee. And there's a lot of drama, a lot of histrionics attached to this. I talked to her a couple of times and it's like, well, wait a minute, this might actually be an experience of someone that I don't want to work with. And if all I kept thinking of was this fascination of being on her board of directors, right, and being on a private jet and flying to help coach her and doing all these things, it's like, yeah, no, that doesn't feel good to me. There's too much attachment into how that would appear and how it would feel. And so I politely declined to do work that's not something I would have done two or three years ago. So just being able to tap into the discernment and again, coming back and noticing where is that in my body and how I'm reacting to the situation uh, was very, very important. I think that answered part of your question. Um, So discernment is very important. Also knowing that not everyone deserves to be served by you, nor... The other side of that coin is, nor do you deserve to serve everyone. And we all have our own little matches in our own resonant field. And what works for me uh, and a certain client may not work for my friend Cooper and one of his clients, and it may not work for Tyson and his, but amongst the three or four of us, right, there's likely going to be someone that would resonate and vibrate, you know, at, at the right frequency level with that individual. And so knowing when there's also someone who's more capable of serving in a way it feels like a stretch or you get a little bit of like uh, say not founder's disease but where you feel like a fraud or who am i to actually do this work and listening to where that is in my body has helped me be able to stay on track and on purpose and not saying yes to everything
0: i like it don't have to say yes to everything yeah i like it sort of just the um having that discernment you do need radical honesty like you're saying before Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, the ego of the mind can be quite deceptive in that way, you know, and, and just having the radical self-honesty that says, Hey, I'm being attached to this outcome because of how I may be perceived or because of how I may see, you know, my, I may inherently feel more significant, more worthy, whatever it may be from, from this outcome. Um, I noticed that in myself a lot of how people would perceive me, you know and and noticing that is, I think, is the key. Yeah. the The question that I had learned
2: to ask was because we can receive so much information and so much intelligence out there, whether it's in like from media or whether it's our own intuitive abilities. And I would get fascinated with this phenomena not interested, but fascinated. It's like, oh, I just saw the world explode and all these extraterrestrials are out here doing this thing. And I would just ascribe myself to that certain way of operating in belief. And what I've learned is that not everything that comes in is meant to be acted upon. It's information. And it's a different point of view. So what I ask when I find myself conflicted or if I'm receiving something that is some sort of really interesting phenomena, I just ask what's in this for me what's meant for me and that tends to remove a lot of the noise or the other attachments that i would find in a situation and just drill down again back into where do i feel this in my own body and my own experience
0: powerful powerful stuff so i've got a couple more questions but before we uh before i get there what a, what's one place or a couple of places people can connect with you find out more about you um reach out if this resonates and they're like, Oh my God, I need a, I need, I need a Chris in my life. <laughs> where is it? They, where is it? They can, uh, where is it they can connect with you? Yeah. Website's the easiest.
2: It's my first name, last name.co, Chris McCann, dot co. And then dot co is also my Instagram. So between those two places, I tend to be pretty, pretty available.
0: Okay. Beautiful. Chris In summarizing this in in really helping people understand this planning versus present this understanding their value really moving forward in a way that is their their life's purpose and being of service. What else do you think? What do you have any other pieces, tips of advice questions for people listening that you think they need to digest and think about to sort of uh, you know really start to execute on this on this uh, on this topic the magic for me began when I had understood
2: what common denominators existed for me from the time that I was a kid to today I love to build I love to create I love data um, I love coaching I love leading these are all things that I was doing when I was 12 13 14 years old And somehow, either that thread continued and carried on, or I remembered it, which is a true story, and I wanted to build a life, I wanted to build a career around the things that feel effortless to me. Mm. And that is exactly what I'm doing today, which is coaching, leading, building, there's a lot of data involved in my life, Um, there's a lot of room for creativity, and I would highly recommend that if anyone feels a little bit off or something's not tracking um, in terms of being able to make money and live and exist is to take a look at those things that got you excited when you were younger where you felt alive and on purpose where maybe time would disappear and you find yourself in that flow state um, which you know i'd sit in my basement writing when i was a kid and if you can find or isolate two, three, four, five of those adjectives. And then you can look for ways to incorporate those into your work. Like that is very, very powerful because it's not that that's the marketplace or that's the marketplace. This is the marketplace. We can bring in those things that feel effortless. Magic happens. Living happens. Life happens.
0: That's cool. Don't you just find that things start to happen in flow and more harmony that may include lessons, but when you're doing the things that feel effortless that, um, that, that to me seems you, you've tapped into something, you've tapped into some magic there. Yeah. It's like, Oh, thank God.
2: All of them. Right? Like, yeah. You know, it just takes the pressure off and it's like, it doesn't have to be that hard where you're going against the grain and it's more like, Gong, if you will and you are just you're in the flow of how things are really working mm-hmm. and it can be effortless it doesn't mean it's always easy mm-hmm. right life is hard but it can be effortless
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i like it it's sort of like the effortless action that the Te ching talks about a lot as soon as you tap into that sort of oh. that flow of uh this is sort of what i'm meant to be doing and this feels nice. like it's flowing through me all of a sudden, you tap into this—you uh, sort of tap into this energy of just like, I, I now know whatever's meant, whatever happens is meant to happen. It, whether it's the lessons, the wins, the collaboration with life—it's it sort of happens more and more in flow. The more you yes. ask that, yes, and it just keeps getting better if you let it. That's the that's that's probably <laughs> the hardest thing is letting it. You know, I I actually had this big, big story that many, many people also share. And that was, hey, Tyson, you need to go and design uh, your work life because what we need to do is do the thing that we don't want to do so you can get the resources and then go do the thing that you want to do. And that's just how, you know, how I grew up thinking until I, I questioned that and said, hey, what if the thing that I... Am called to do, I actually enjoy. And every now and then, I catch this pattern that says, "No, no, no, it's meant to be hard, and you meant to you meant to go through unnecessary pain, so that you can do the thing that you want to do, or so that you can go and um have the the time or money to to you know have some fun." And I'm like, it it comes up all the time, and I'm questioning myself all the time. Says, "No, no, no, what if this was also fun? What if this was also in flow? What if this was also on purpose, and it was flowing through you in this effortless action?" Um, uh-huh. What would that look like, and how would you design your life because of it? And that's sort of why I build the community of the Serving Circle that incorporates everything I just love talking about. I love doing. It feels fun. It feels effortless. And of course, you know, I'm I'm blessed to be able to coach full time. This is um, it's just some, It's just the journey that we're all on of how to sort of how to find that harmony of what am I here to do. How do I go about it? Where I'm, I'm living my values and having the courage to make those decisions that may go against what society or my mind, you know, thinks should be in place. That's right. Powerful <laughs> stuff, eh?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for sharing that with me. It's uh, I, sometimes I just laugh at like, wow, like I really can overcomplicate things. it's just you know there are wonderful reminders on just you know keeping things simple and just being present
0: that's it that's it anything else you feel called to share while you're on here while you've got the stage
2: i'm just really grateful that we carved out some time to do this it's um i love having these types of conversations and i'm here to serve
0: and be served yeah that's awesome well uh many people get some takeaways from this call Um, anyone who's listening reach out to Chris add him to your network it's it's invaluable to have someone with his experience and knowledge and wisdom in your in your network in your life definitely reach out on the website or Instagram we'll put the links below Um, Chris all I have to say thanks for being here any other way I can serve or help just let me know okay
2: you know appreciate the time Tyson thanks for all the
1: work you do thanks mate Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast. If you're a heart centered business owner, you know that selling, marketing, and business strategy can bring up a lot of fear, doubt, and scarcity. And this is why I created the community on Facebook called the Serving Circle. It's in here where you get to grow your business as a byproduct of asking the question, How may I serve? It's on our weekly Zoom collaborative calls where you get to serve by meeting like minded people and organizing collaborations, service exchanges, and partnerships. So together we can heighten consciousness through business success. So just search The Serving Circle in your Facebook groups and you'll see that you're just one heartfelt collaboration away from reaching your biggest business goal. Take care now.